Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is published by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled Emotion Regulation Development, Road-Based Learning and Generalization, an Exploration, and presented by Kimberly Zinnamore. Dr. Kimberly Zinnamore recently joined the music therapy faculty at the University of Miami. Outside of academia, she serves as CPMT's Regulatory Affairs Associate, co-hosts the Music Therapy Roundtable podcast and writes the blogs Your Musical Self for Psychology Today and Music Therapy Maven. Many music therapists rely on verbal-based techniques, but experiential road-based learning may also provide valuable learning opportunities, particularly in early childhood. In this podcast, Dr. Senna Moore shares how the emotion regulation development process can be used as a model for understanding the role of road-based learning in therapy. My research centers on emotion regulation development. Emotion regulation, or ER, is a concept that describes interactive, goal-dependent processes intended to help one manage and shift an emotional experience. For example, these encompass the strategies you use to calm down or return to a state of homeostasis following an intense, highly arousing emotional experience. We develop ER strategies early in life, beginning prenatally through age five, and strong relationships exist between ER development and attachment, the stress response, and neurodevelopment. The formation of appropriate and adaptive ER skills is essential for a child's mental health, as well as his or her ability to respond to stress, develop appropriate relationships, and learn in school. So what's the connection then between ER development and generalization? Well, it all goes back to how ER skills are learned during those infant, toddler, and early childhood years, and how this learning process can be utilized as a model for generalization in early childhood. Before we delve in, though, let's briefly define generalization. This term describes the transfer of learning, the process by which a skill or behavior is learned deeply enough that it can be applied to different situations, different times, different people, different behaviors, settings, and topics. In a therapeutic context, this implies that therapeutic learning has occurred, that the client is able to utilize the skills and behaviors practiced within the therapy session to a non-music-based real-life situation. It seems common in the music therapy profession to rely on verbal-based techniques to facilitate therapeutic learning, even when working with children. These primarily occur through singing-based experiences. We practice social skills through songs that have directions and verbal prompts embedded in the lyrics. We engage children in emotion identification tasks in which we have them verbally identify their own feelings or a facial representation of an emotion. We have children learn and remember academic concepts like vocabulary words, object identification, and counting through a song. Now, don't get me wrong. There is value and a need for verbal singing-based music therapy techniques. I refer to these as top-down strategies. 
in that they utilize higher level cognitive functioning skills like language, executive functioning, and learning and memory as part of the therapeutic learning process. However, there's also a place for more rope-based bottom-up learning and therapy. This is learning that takes place through experiencing and practicing certain behaviors and skills in the moment. This type of learning can occur without any sort of cognitive understanding or awareness. This is where the development of emotion regulation can serve as a model for understanding bottom-up rope-based learning. Ear skills develop in large part through being faced with a highly arousing, stressful situation, then experiencing what it feels like to return to a state of homeostasis following that experience. For example, let's say an infant begins to cry. This cry is a behavioral cue that the infant is stressed. It doesn't really matter why the infant is stressed. Perhaps she's hungry, tired, has a dirty diaper, is feeling sick, has gas. What matters is that the infant is in an aroused, stressed state, is unable to regulate herself, and therefore uses a behavior in her arsenal, crying, as a cue that she needs help. A caregiver hears the cry, comes to the child, and tries different strategies designed to help the infant calm down. The caregiver feeds her, changes her diaper, burps her, rocks her, sings to her, shushes her, swaddles her, and keeps trying different things until the infant is calm again, is returned to a state of homeostasis. In this way, the caregiver acts as an external regulator for the infant. Now, this is a very common scenario during infancy, but it has several important implications for ER development. One, in an experiential way, it teaches the infant that stress happens, but it can be managed. Two, it lays the foundation to help teach the child which ER strategies are more effective than others. In other words, some babies may calm more readily when fed whereas others calm more easily when rocked. Three, consider the frequency of this experience during infancy. This scenario happens hundreds, if not thousands of times. In this way, the child has multiple and frequent opportunities to practice emotion regulation in a non-verbal rope-based manner. As the infant progresses through toddlerhood and the preschool years, ear skills are learned through a combination of experiential rope-based learning and cognitive verbal-based learning. The more top-down strategies occur when, for example, a caregiver coaches and prompts different regulatory strategies like counting to 10, taking deep breaths, or problem-solving alternative behaviors. This continues during the preschool years when more conversations about emotions occur between the child and caregiver that help teach the child gender and cultural expectations regarding emotion expression and regulation. But even as cognitive top-down learning emerges, the bottom-up rote-based learning continues. The child will continue to be in situations that cause high arousal and stress 
and he will continue to practice and experience the progress of regulating following that stress. Over time and with practice, the ER skills a child learns, experiences, and practices becomes generalized. They transfer to other situations. So the process of ER development provides a nice model for understanding the connection between rote-based learning and generalization. But how can we put this into practice as clinicians? Regardless of the skill or behavior that needs to be learned, the number one overarching consideration is to build in as many opportunities to practice the skill or behavior as possible. Just like learning scales or improving one's running time, it's the practice of the skill or behavior that causes therapeutic learning to occur. Some can be built into your music therapy interventions and how you design them in a way that allows for multiple practice opportunities. Others will occur in how you respond to the client in the moment. In a classroom setting, these would be called teaching moments. In ER development, these occur any time a child becomes stressed. That moment serves as an opportunity to practice emotion regulation. These in-the-moment opportunities occur organically, but the sensitive and responsive music therapist should be aware of situations which allow for an opportunity to practice the target skill or behavior even if it deviates from the intended plan. There are also more consultative-based ways to practice these opportunities. Perhaps you involve parents, teachers, and other caregivers by providing them with techniques that can be used in the home, in the classroom, or another setting that allow for even more opportunities to help the child practice a target skill or behavior. This could come in the form of a music-based activity the caregiver does with the child. Perhaps you create a CD that helps structure the practice experience. Or you may train the caregiver in techniques that can be utilized to meet those organic, in-the-moment demands that emerge and allow for one of those teaching moments. For example, you may teach the caregiver a handful of songs meant to help a child shift to a calmer emotional state. Perhaps these songs are also designed to be sung in conjunction with another relaxation-based experience, such as deep breathing, rocking, or deep pressure. In closing, this concept of incorporating more rope-based learning is not unique. It's done in other contexts as well, as when homework is assigned as part of a cognitive behavioral therapy approach, or when home-based exercises are assigned as part of rehabilitation. However, it applies in early childhood as well. A period of time when, depending on a child's language and cognitive development, fewer verbal-based, top-down therapeutic approaches may be more appropriate. The beauty of understanding and incorporating a bottom-up, rope-based approach is that it is already a part of how a child learns and is why you and I take deep breaths to calm down. Thanks for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2015.